Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is rolling along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests, PJ Carlissimo in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline talking hoops. So much going on on the weekend that, as Hembo said, it felt like sports really, finally, fully, and truly came all the way back. It was a great weekend with all the NBA playoff action, all the hockey playoff action, and, of course, Phil Mickelson. I, I started the show today by saying I never would have guessed I would lead today with the PGA Championship, but obviously what Phil did is historic. I just saw a stat a few minutes ago on ESPN's Twitter feed. Phil Mickelson is the fourth-ever golfer to win an event in four different decades, something that has never happened in any of the four major sports in this country, and I, I think it's safe to say will never happen because you'd have to play over the course of 31 years, right? Like even yeah. Brady, what Brady started in 99. You would have to start it in no. a nine. Yeah. He started in 2000. Right. So that screws him. That helped Vince Carter, but it hurts Tom Brady. Yeah. So if, if, if Brady's first year had been 99, then he'd have the nineties, the 20. Well, he'd be in his fourth decade. If, yes. If he, do if I he, have that right? If he did, but he, he was, he, he didn't, I get that. Yes. I get that. But yes, yeah, so you are, right. but I'm trying to do the math in my head. Yeah, I the, thought you have to be in 31 years, but you, do you only have to be in 21 years to touch four to, decades? To overlap, yeah. So if it was 99 to, to you know, 20. To 20. Yes, you're doing the right math in this way because the 90s would count, the 2000s would count, the aughts would count, and then the 20s Oh, would I count. take it back. So it could happen in 21 years, 21 not 31. Why did I think it would have to take 31 years? I don't know why I thought that without doing any math in my Vince head. Carter did do it in basketball. I do remember now. He played in four different decades. That, he right. just didn't win a championship or anything like that mm-hmm. in four different decades. Anyway, we digress. To me, the most important part of the Mickelson story was the fans. And it was a wonderful reminder and a wonderful lesson, I hope, to athletes everywhere. That if you spend your life showing the fans you care about them, they will love you. And did you see the love for Phil yesterday? Did you see what it was like on that golf course? And again, were there moments that it looked like it got out of hand now? I know there's been a good deal of talk about this. I will confess, I was at the Garden for the Nick game last night, so I I was watching on my phone. I could not hear anything. So whatever it was that they were saying on CBS about whatever the relative safety of it all was, I I confess to you now, I did not hear. So I'm looking at these crowds, and I'm thinking, boy, that doesn't look right. (laughs) Like Brooks Kepka and his caddy are somewhere in there, and I have no idea that all of a sudden they're at a mosh pit at Lollapalooza. So that obviously did not look safe. And that in and of itself is not a good thing. And I'm, I'm sure that's been addressed. And I'm, I'm sure there was a lot more talk about it than I was aware of yesterday. Again, I was in an arena with 15,000 people screaming, so I couldn't hear. I was just, you know, watching Phil. But so the part of it that I related to most was just the love for him. And, and again, it is just a message. It's not, it doesn't take that much because I've been around Phil and I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. Up close and personal, the way he treats fans, just behave like a human being. Just behave like you are not being inconvenienced by another person wishing to interact with you. Now, I understand this must get overwhelming sometimes. I've never been that level of famous. I've never been Phil Mickelson famous. I've never been LeBron James famous. I get it. I understand that. I don't know what that would be like exactly. But I do know that Phil Mickelson treats everyone who he encounters with at least some respect and usually more than that. And you get that back. You know what? In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And that, that's exactly what Phil got. 
he has made a lot of love over the course of the years. I'm going to really regret phrasing it that way, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and and he, he got it all back in, 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 and then some this weekend. And it was beautiful to see. So beyond being happy for the sport and loving it, I think it was a great lesson for all athletes everywhere to to sort of see just the way people reacted to Phil because of the way he has reacted to them. In the meantime, being at the game last night really was a fascinating experience. And the guys are calling me out. So I, I will go ahead and do it. I'll call it out myself. In February, on this show, I did a topic about how I did not miss fans being at sporting events. And in fact, we, we have a little 20 seconds. This was me talking 20 seconds uh, back in February. The fact that fans deserve to be there, the fact that the players would like it and feed off it, the fact that, in fact, they might have a better chance of winning, all those may be true. But as I sit on my couch watching the game, I will tell you right now, I don't even notice anymore that they're not there. I really don't. I don't even notice it anymore. And I don't, I don't understand why anybody does. So... Last week, I demonstrated that I am the first person to tell you when I get something right. Today, I will demonstrate that I'm the first person to tell you when I got something wrong. What that man just said is nonsense. That man was me uh, in February. (laughs) But what has become obvious to me, the the expression used to be when I was a kid, when the refrigerator is running, you know, it, it makes that buzzing sound and then it goes off and you didn't realize it was there until it went off. That's the analogy I would make to this, that when I was watching sports in February, when I said those things, I think I was so relieved to have sports back to watch at all that I didn't I didn't pay any attention to or notice or really bemoan the absence of fans. I will also say in my defense that at that point, what we had watched mostly was football And I think football was impacted least of all of the sports by not having fans there because you're not accustomed to seeing them all the time anyway. They're not right on the field of play. They're not nearly. Yes, you can hear the cheering, but you can create that in other ways. I don't think the fan. Well, I'm not suggesting football fans aren't a a part of the experience. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Of course they are. But I think you missed it less watching that on TV. (coughs) Pardon me. Sneezed. Um. You missed it less. Well, why did no one say Gesundheit or God bless you or anything? Where were you? So into, into the microphone? I, I just sneezed. I mean, was it not audible that I sneezed? <laughs> it w- I couldn't tell how audible it was. I'm next to you. I'm 10 what feet What do you mean you me. couldn't tell how audible it was? What do you think? People are deaf? For what, our what friends talking? at home. I don't know. Like, was that not audible? I, I sneezed. I mean, of all the excuses to go with. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you thought that the people didn't hear me, so we were trying to hide the fact that the entire me. country heard him. It wasn't into the mic. I just didn't, didn't say. I just chose not to say anything. But I heard left shoulder. I was right here. Let me ask you a question. Can you still hear me? Yes, but not yes, quite as well. We're in a ra- not quite as well. I sneezed, <laughs> and you said nothing. I said nothing. Why? Why was there just utter silence? And don't be so like you know quick to jump on him, Bubba. You could have said, "God bless you." <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I chose not to, but I heard you. At least I'm just saying. I, just, I heard I'm not it a too. Big, to be honest, I'm not a big God bless you guy. I'll just say it right now. <laughs> I just I don't say it. Why not? I don't find that's. It's not my thing. Who do you have to know to get a gesundheit around here? Say thank you when they say it to me. I acknowledge it, th- but I just I just don't say it. If someone sneezes near me, I, you get silence. I I, I mean I I'm put off by everything here, and to the point that I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, what I was saying was, 
My experience of last night, which I talked about at some length earlier, and I'm not going to try and recreate the emotion of that, was very special and important and meaningful to me to be back in that environment. But I never wondered whether being there would be different. It's whether watching it on TV is different. So I guess I'd ask, is this worth taking phone calls on? Is this an interesting question? Is it it getting better now watching these games with fans there? Like the basketball is a great example of it. Because when they first came back, they were the first big sport. Well, basketball and baseball. Mm -hmm. Well, and golf. Golf, there were no fans there. The players said they've missed it. I I noticed it. Like, I I remember when they played the Masters in November, and I think it was Spieth who hit an unbelievable shot from in in the woods on nine onto the green, and there was just silence. Mm. He had no idea he had hit a good shot until he walked up there. And I remember thinking to myself, on a normal, in any normal circumstance, it would be so loud you could hear it, you know, in, in the state of Florida from, from there, how loud the fans would have been. Well, I'm not going to get sidetracked in this completely. What I'll say is, I have noticed the difference now, and it is better. I, I was wrong when I said that. Or I wasn't wrong at the time. I, I legitimately thought it. But now that we've got the fans back to a large degree, it unquestionably makes a difference. And that's, that was why when I told you this morning, it felt like sports are officially back. That's the biggest reason why. You know, we, we were blessed to have a, a, a full football season, but it felt compromised. I would say this weekend was the first time watching sports from home, you know, inebriated or otherwise, that it did not feel comprom- compromised to me at least. I'm, I'm going to say that just for the purposes of today, I'm discounting most of what you say. <laughs> Because yours was a drunk fest this weekend for those who do not follow Hembo or his wife Lizzie on social media. His wife Lizzie, it was obviously her 30th birthday party. It was. 30, flirty, and still thriving mm. seems to have been the hashtag. <laughs> yes, it was not my conception. Oh, we're playing it on ESPN+. Plus. I couldn't help but notice. Oh, gosh. The ESPN Plus crew is showing Hembo, oh, oh now a slowed no. down version. I'll post oh. it. I'll put it on my Instagram no. as soon as you get to a break here for those of you who follow me at ESPN Greenie. Don't do it. Hembo's celebration is so hideous. Oh. It is a combination of air guitar and bad dancing that, that sort of in one. You look I can't decide if you think you're dancing to the music or you're like air guitaring along to the music. Whatever it is, it's just awful. I mean, the NFL might have fined me $25,000 yes. had I done so in a game. Your celebration, let me put it this way. I love end zone celebrations, but it, having watched that, I now am in favor of them being finable again. <laughs> uh, so we'll get back to that. I've got a ton of stuff from the NBA, including two stars born this weekend and a major change they're looking to make. And I'll tell you exactly why they shouldn't. All that and more on the way. And I'll post that video on Instagram at ESPN Greeny right now. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. (coughs) Pardon me. Sneezed. The playoffs are back. I think this narrative needs to stop about this Russell Westbrook want to win. You want to question his shooting ability? Fine. Don't question the desire. Opinions, analysis, and the latest news. Tomorrow morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. At 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. 
And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply greenie the podcast Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier with more than 30 coverage options available. Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Rob Domofsky, our Packers reporter, just posting, no surprise, but still, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers not among the group of players who reported to Lambeau Field today for the start of Green Bay's organized team activities. Again, that is not mandatory. It is voluntary. But in his history, he has traditionally attended. And so it does leave you wondering, is this day one of the rest of your life, if you're a Packer fan, the rest of your life that does not include Aaron Rodgers? The little bit of sense I get from people that I talk to is that there's a thawing going on, that what was irreparable now is something slightly less than that. Not to the point where it is likely that Rodgers comes back, but it's not impossible, which it felt not a long time ago. So we'll see if that's where it winds up. In the meantime, uh, we started a feature here about a week ago, and I want to try it again. Coming out of the NBA weekend that was, we just saw all 16 NBA playoff teams over the last 48 hours. So I've emerged with a few takes, and we're going to play a game called Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. So I will make a statement. I will give you a take. Greenies takes. And then if all I hear in response is silence, I will just assume everyone agrees with me. But if anyone disagrees, by all means, you jump in and we will have this discussion. And here we go. Having been at the Garden last night to watch game one of Knicks Hawks, my first take to the dismay of all of us who are Knicks fans is the following. Trey Young is the best player in the series between the Knicks and the Hawks and is going to be the difference and the reason that Atlanta ultimately wins that series. That's my statement. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I think Trey Young's the best player, but the Knicks are going to come back and win. You think that says Bubba? I was waiting for Nuno, who was a crazy fan. Yeah, he was scared. He was too scared. He doesn't want to jinx it. Tell me why you think the Knicks are going to come back and win Bubba. Nah, 
Uh, just no specific reason, you know. Just, <laughs> Is that how this game is I'm played? Just, I'm just feeling good about the Knicks, you know. Trey, I mean, Trey is not going to do that every game, all right? And if he does, we'll revisit uh, how I feel about him. But we we should change our this name of this topic to "Have a Take or Forever Hold Your Peace." <laughs> just merely making a sound. This from a man. Hey, who Julius d- Randle's not going to be that bad every game. Trey Young's not going to be dominant every game. Yes, is he is. No, yes, he is. is. Trey Young. This series is going to be what we remember as the coming out party for Trey Young. No, that kid I don't think is, it is. He's nails. I mean, nails. The entire fourth quarter, all I'm thinking, and I just, Stevie and I are going back and forth sitting there watching the game, is whatever, just get the ball out of his hands. You have to do everything to get the ball out of his hands. And they have other places to go is the problem. Because if you send everybody at him, that guy Bogdanovich, he will never miss. He will, what did he shoot last night? He will never miss a shot. So if you leave him open, he will make it. Then Lou Will comes off the bench. What did Lou Will play? Four minutes last night and score 90 points? Every time he touched the ball, he scored. They have a lot of places to go for offense. The Knicks do not. Every possession with the Knicks is like a lifetime. <laughs> You're just, please find a way to score. If Julius Randle isn't creating it, they have nowhere to go. They look for Derrick Rose to recapture magic that he just doesn't have left. He's very good, but he's not that anymore. So the Hawks can find offense so easily, and the Knicks cannot. What, what did Bogdanovich shoot last night? He was 7 for, seven for 15 overall, 4 of 9 from behind the arc, and Lou Williams scored 13 points in 13 minutes. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're very good and efficient, and the Knicks play good defense. But when you get to the playoffs, everyone plays a little defense. That advantage is neutralized some. In the regular season, some teams just gave up on defense. All right, so that's the first one. We had a lot of holding of the piece. Here comes my next one. If I'm trying to win playoff games right now, and you gave me the option of choosing any player in the world to start a team with, I would think long and hard. I won't make the statement quite as definitive. Well, but that doesn't, that doesn't lend itself to a forever holding your peace. Okay, I'm just going to go out. I'm just going to go there. My first pick would be Luka Doncic. Speak now or forever hold your peace. No one disagrees with that? No one's going to yell at me about Kevin Durant or LeBron James or who? Kawhi Leonard? Is this a future projection or like this year? I'm talking about right this minute. I'm looking to win a playoff game. Luka Doncic, with considerably less help, has played seven playoff games, all against a Clippers team that was favored to win the championship at the time they met a year ago and is still among the favorites now. And in his seven playoff games, he has three triple-doubles, two of them 30-point triple-doubles. He controls the game on every possession in a way that very few players I've ever seen do. He is special. Like, underline the word special. There's a lot of holding of the piece. All right, I like it. I admire it from the staff. One more. The Lakers are not in trouble in this series against the Suns. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I. <laughs> Once again, you can just say something for crying out loud. This is not, we're not like the knights of the round table. <laughs> I mean, what are you, standing up now? Just say you disagree with me. I, dis- I disagree with you. Tell me why. I disagree with you because... The Suns are the Suns are the two seed. There was a time in which this season they may have had the one seed and gotten the best record in the Western Conference. We know that Devin Booker is a legit star. You said so earlier. He's he's and he's 
He can do, he's the exact kind of uh, score that seems to thrive in the postseason. And Chris Paul, to use your phrase, is nails. He's, a, he's a, such a huge difference maker, and so long as he's healthy, there's no obvious reason for me to believe that it isn't, isn't at least a coin flip series the rest of the way. May way. I counteract both of those mm. arguments? The first, that Chris Paul has been so good in the playoffs. We're going to have to go back over all of those legendary Chris Paul wins in the playoffs before we can analyze just how good he's been in the playoffs. It's going to be a real short conversation. Chris Paul has been individually outstanding in the playoffs. His teammates, in many cases, have let him down. Okay, you can say that, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but he has not carried his team deep in playoffs literally ever. He has not. So there's that. And then the second piece of it is the, the Suns and the Jazz became the best team in the West this year when AD and LeBron got hurt. But until AD and LeBron got hurt, even at their age, the Lakers were the best team in the West. They had the best record Mm -hmm. in the West. The question was, would they hold on to the one seed while those guys got hurt? It was a while before it came to, will they wind up in the play-in tournament? My question, though, is how long will it take the Lakers to find their footing? They don't have a month to find their footing. The Suns are playing great right now, and the Lakers are not. I will still take the Lakers in this series. Vegas agrees with me. The analytics agree with you. We'll see where it winds up. Um, I've got a fascinating I'm sorry what to get to as we continue. PJ Carlissimo is going to join the conversation as well. We have a lot to get to. Stay right where you are. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Jam-packed we are with every team in the NBA playoffs in action this weekend and so much else going on. And the weekend that, as, as we described it, felt like sports really fully came all the way back. So let's dive into all that and a whole lot more. It's time for Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And here with those Breaking Moves is our NBA analyst and Fordham legend, the one and only P.J. Carlissimo. Hello again, P.J. What's up, Greeny? You're going to lose credibility calling me a Fordham legend. Watch out. Uh, I mean, I, I think that no one has ever personified that more than you do. Hey, I want to read you this. I just got it. And, and I, I want, I'm literally just seeing this in the last 30 seconds. Brian Winhorst and Tim McMahon are reporting this, and I just want to get your reaction to it. Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell was incensed at the late decision 
to scratch him from yesterday's playoff opener, and it deepened tensions with the team regarding his recovery from a right ankle sprain. Sources told ESPN Mitchell has been out since April 16th, longer than was expected. After he progressed slowly in the early stages of recovery, he began to work with his personal training staff on the rehab, blah, blah, blah. But again, the story, the headline here, uh, PJ, is he apparently was incensed at the late decision to scratch him. And as we know, they wound up losing that game and falling in a one nothing hole against Memphis. I just wonder, as one who has sort of lived the ins and outs of this as much as you have, what, what do you think? Well, same as you just saw it. Uh, the two things that, that uh, my quick reaction, one, being pulled at the last minute or finding out at the last minute, not unusual, uh, you know, that you, you wait and, and you make a decision. And I would not be surprised that a player, you know, competitive, first playoff game, wants to play. He's been out for a long time. Uh, I'm not surprised. He was in, you know, you have blowouts of that nature. The question to me is, is it lingering or was there something that was festering there before it? The other thing that caught my uh, ear is working out with his personal trainer. That's become more the norm than the exception. I mean, in the old days, and I'm not saying that long ago, you worked out with the, with the team's personnel and you know they were more hands-on their doctors their trainers you had more of a feel for where you stood as soon as you if if in fact and and you know i'm shooting in the dark here uh not knowing if you're working out with your own personal trainer and they're not you know totally in sync with the team you don't know where you're at and you you could get a situation like this i i think let's see what happens going forward he's played too well for them I've never sensed anything when I've had their games. Him and Quinn and its teammates always seem to be on the same page. Of course, you had the crazy Gobert incident, uh, which seems a long time ago. What was it, March 11th mm-hmm. um, of last year? I, I think he's he's back when uh, their people – they obviously want him to play. The question is how long has it been since he's practiced, since he's played, and uh, they certainly need to get on the same page. But, I, I, you know, to me, let's wait and see what happens. Let's see next game, and let's see the team come out with a statement of some kind. Now, Greeny and PJ on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Just thought that was an interesting one. Let's then go backwards in inverse order. That was the last game that was played last night. The second to last game was Knicks-Hawks, and I was – saying earlier on the show here, PJ, I was at that game last night, and here's the analogy I would make. The Knicks, watching them play offense, to use a football analogy, they look like it's always third and six. Like they're just desperately trying to get a first down on every possession. Seriously, they're working so hard every trip down the floor to try and find offense. And the Hawks are much more like a typical good NBA team today where they have like two or three guys who might break a 30-yard play on any given handoff, and Trey Young obviously being the best of those. I, I just wonder, as you watched that game last night, what your thought was on, on what it sets up for the rest of a seven-game series. Well, I just think what was expected in terms of a 4-5, and even though New York beat them three times in the regular season, a series that a lot of people just looked at and said, that is going to be a great series because it's going to be hard for one team to get away from the other. Uh, I think when you when you look at the Knicks, I hear what you're saying, but Derrick Rose, when he's on the floor, you know he gets him going. Um, I, I think there's more similarities when you see Derrick on the floor um, you know, than uh, when they start. It's, it's more Trey Young-like. But the, the bottom line to me was simple. Um, Julius Randle goes six for 23 
R.J. Barrett, who, you know, I'm looking at highlights last night. You watch the highlights, you say, wow, what a game he had. Well, he was six for 15 and one for six from three. And Reggie Bullock, on top of that, was three for nine. So there's their, their three big guns didn't shoot it well at all. So I think, you know, that's you're right. It did look like three for six, but it's like the quarterback's, you know, not completing passes or the receivers were dropping them. I, I thought that was the difference. Um, Julius Randle had an all-NBA season. Uh, when he struggles the way he struggles, and you know, like if you showed me those three numbers, I'd have said before the game the Knicks have no chance to win. I'm surprised they were right there when their big guns struggled the way they did. So to me it was more that. And, yes, even when they're going good, um, that, that's more New York style. New York bludgeons you. They beat you with their defense. They beat you on the glass. But they're, they're pretty good offensively, and they come off the bench. I, I mean, I love the way Derrick Rose is playing. But, yeah. you, know, qu- you know, quickly and, and Rose come off the bench. Those guys played well. Uh, I just think big guns didn't deliver. Uh, and obviously, uh, Trey Young delivered, and then some. I mean, I've been critical of him at times with his shot selection and with the turnovers. I mean, 10 assists, two turnovers, 11 for 23. He made all of his free throws. He had seven boards. Uh, he was magnificent. You know, I used to fight with people all the time and say, hey, these guys don't even get to the playoffs. They don't win. I'll, I'll start saying Trey Young is as good as everybody says he is when he does something in April, May, June, the old days. Well, he's doing it in May. It's one game, but super impressed with Trey Young. Me too. He was he was the best player on the floor last night in that game for sure, and he makes the shot at the end to win it. Greeny and PJ, again, taking the games in inverse order, Lakers-Suns was before that yesterday. I got a lot of people lining up to tell me the Lakers are wow. in trouble today, PJ. Do you think so? I'm concerned big time, doubly concerned, because just the way the playoffs are, are laid out, they have to come back and play Tuesday. That That's a uh, – put a red cross on that series because just as much as I'm concerned with Anthony Davis and LeBron to a lesser extent's health, um, obviously CP, w- what's his status? I mean, you know, Phoenix is – night and day different. Devin Booker was not good. Some of the same comments I made about Trey, I always made about Devin because he'd put numbers up and they weren't a playoff team. Well, guess what? One game in, the two of them have shut me up convincingly the way they played. But that series to me is clearly about health. If LeBron James is LeBron James or close to it, if Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis or close to it, then the Lakers are, are fine. They, they can get back in this one. I'm not necessarily uh, so confident that they'll beat Phoenix. But if CP is not healthy for Phoenix, that is a disaster for Monty Williams and his group as well as they've played all year. I mean, Chris Paul, is you can't overstate his importance to that team. And he looked more physically impaired from the outside, not talking to any trainers or coaches or anything. He looked more physically impaired than either of the Laker players. Yeah, it's, it, the West has started off kind of crazy, right? I mean, because you've got Chris Paul hurt for the two <laughs> yeah. seed, the one seed loses, the three seed loses, the well, four or five, I guess, could go either direction, but still the Clippers lose. So it's been a little crazy in the West. The East has been a little less so, PJ. So let me ask you this. If you look at the big three teams in the East, everyone thinks one of these three teams is coming out of the East. Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, they each win their game one. As you watched each of them play, who are you most impressed with? I'm still most impressed with Philly because I think they've done it more consistently. They were the best team. They've been the most consistent. Everybody, myself included, wants to see Brooklyn 
play with those three guys together and at some point, maybe they won't, handle some adversity and see what it's, what it's going to go like. I still think that series could be very entertaining. Obviously, Jalen Brown would have made it you know, tremendously entertaining, but probably wouldn't be that series if, if he were healthy. Um, I, Milwaukee, uh, you know, Giannis didn't shoot it well. Right away, it jumps out like the sixth thing we all say about Giannis when we say all the great things about him. I'm not even talking about what he's done in the playoffs. When he shoots free throws the way he shoots free throws and has his entire career, you got to wonder. I mean, you, playoffs are going to be close games. Like five or six teams yesterday, Greeny, didn't come close to what they average in the regular season. Right. right away you saw the playoff defense and everything slowing down and threes and big numbers not quite as significant. Uh, I just think Philly has been more consistent, particularly when they're healthy. Health is going to be a huge story in this play. I hate to say it, but going forward, I don't want to talk about injuries, but we're one day in. You look at some of the players that are not playing for any team, players that are dinged up already, and coming out of this season that we've had with the short offseason, logic says there are going to be more injuries, and they're really going to impact what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll hope not, but we'll see how it goes. These games are always tend to be spread out, and so with more rest, hopefully you get a little less of that. Let me ask you one final question, PJ. You were, sure. a, co- you were a coach forever, right? You coached on the college level, on the pro level. You, I, I can't count the number of times you must have stood in front of a group of people and spoken. Let me ask you this. If at any point while you were standing in front of a group of people and spoken, a little intimate group, you had paused briefly because you sneezed. You're talking and you sneeze. And no one says anything. No one says, God bless you or Gesundheit or anything. What would that suggest to you? Because we had that moment here just, just a little while ago. I'm on the air. I'm doing a little bit of a monologue. I'm surrounded by all these people. You know them all. Hembo, Bubba, Nuno, Devin, my whole crew. I sneeze. No one says a word. I mean, who do, I, who do you have to know to get a Gesundheit around here? So, PJ, I ask you, if that were to happen to you, how would you feel? I, terrible. Distraught. I can't believe it. Those guys, <laughs> some of those guys are my good friends. The Grim Reapers got to come in there. Greeny, that's not right. I, I can't believe they would leave you there like that. I mean, uh, shocking for me to hear that. It's it's a sign of I don't even know what is it disrespect is it disdain is it is it is it just not is it just disinterest like I'm not sure what it is but uh, but they but, must have been so focused on their various tasks that they you know yes. they just assumed as usual you would just move right on and deliver everything that yes, they coach. forgot common courtesy and the respect for the ultimate leader. It's shocking, shocking to me. Yeah, because, I mean, it, that would beg the question, what exactly are the tasks that they are assigned? I mean, I'm not, it's not evident to me what those are. Bubba, you still have that, right? Can you play it back for PJ? <coughs> Pardon me, sneezed. So I, I, I sneezed very audibly. That dead air was that silent. That, that was silence. That was actual silence. It, it, the microphones were still on. It was just complete silence. And, and you know me, I don't like a pause, right? I've been a broadcaster a very long time. I don't like any dead air. But I paused a second. I paused a beat waiting for someone to say something, and no one did. And I was I like, thought, I thought I heard a God bless you very, very faint in the, in the mm. background. I thought I might have heard something. Uh, I wasn't sure. Roll the tape again. Play it again. <coughs> Pardon me. Sneezed. No, there's nothing. PJ, there's nothing. That's me saying sneezed. I, I mean, I'm explaining what just happened to the audience in discomfort at the fact that no one else, it would, if someone had said, oh, bless you, then everyone would have known what just happened. Greeny just sneezed. But I, it was, I was course. afraid that no one would know because no one said a word.
Unbelievable. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. Me I'm too. really taking it back, Greeny. Those are my guys, too. I want to defend them, but I have to have some basis for defending them. This is what I'm saying. I mean, I, we're going to have to get to the bottom. All right, PJ, you're the best. Thank you very much. We will talk as this week continues and the playoff action continues to heat up. Thank you, as always, my friend. All right, Greeny. See you later. That's the great PJ Carlissimo. See, so he's, he's on my side. I mean, Hembo, you are by far the most guilty of this because you're the only one. You're literally sitting next to yeah, me. Yeah, I caught the sneeze on my hand, I think. You we're, caught we're nothing. That, I sneezed <laughs> into my own hand. I am very conscious of that. Yeah, that's true. Particularly in the pandemic, but even before that. True. I was Jeremy. I was Jeremy before Jeremy was before, a thing. Yeah, before you were social distancing before it was cool. Correct. Agreed. And, and, and so I... You, you just looked right at me, and you were like, yeah, keep talking. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean, keep talking? Who do you, I mean... I mean, I'm not a trained professional broadcaster. You don't have to be. That's yeah. my point. That's, there is no training in professional broadcasting that says, tell someone God bless you when they sneeze. That is a common courtesy. My first reaction is, should I jump in and finish your point? That's the first <laughs> thing I thought, and I thought to myself, no, definitely not. And by then, you had already started complaining about me not giving you a God bless you. In the meantime, Bubba's just not a God bless you God. I don't know what that means. So yeah, what you're I, suggesting to me... I make it clear. I don't do it. You don't do it. You're just not giving a God bless you, no matter what. Right. You're alone in a room with a person, and that person sneezes, and you just stare at them and say, and then what? Like, you don't, you have, you have no... You just keep the conversation moving. That's, but that's not even like the, no human being lives like that. Who does that? I don't well, understand what I'm you're an, talking about. I'm an about. original. But that's just insane to me. I, I, it's insanity. Why, why is there a special dispensation for sneezing? Like, are certain coughs? Like, I don't, I don't get why sneezing we were, is... Uh, but you were on the air. Like, yeah. has anyone ever done that? Like, you were maybe on the talk... Maybe, we should, like, were we going to do it on your talk back? Be like, God bless you? Like, it would have been weird. <laughs> on the air. We're on. We're doing a show here. People are hearing this. This is a discourse that we are inviting people to be part of and to want to enjoy as part of their daily lives. They want to hear from this group. It's not just me it's the hashtag crew it's hembo it's nuno it's bubba it's devin you guys are you're, you're part of the fabric here and, and and again i i completely object to the idea that you have to be a trained broadcaster to say bless you when someone sneezes that's something you learn when you're like three years old and you just keep doing it so we're gonna have to ha- i didn't think we'd have to have a meeting to address this but obviously we are let me finish with what i think was the most important part of the day. Phil Mickelson, what can you say? Mickelson from 16 feet. This ball going to work just a little bit from left to right as that works down the slope. Left to right, up to the cup, and that stops six inches away. But Phil Mickelson's going to tap in for a par. He is going to shoot a 1 over 73 in the final round. But Phil Mickelson creates and sets professional golf history, the oldest to win a major championship. Phil Mickelson embraces his brother Tim. Phil Mickelson is the champion of the 103rd PGA Championship. That was the scene at Kiowa, and it was a scene unlike any. And again, I hope that people in and around the world of sports, this world that I love so much and have dedicated my entire professional life to being a part of, because all I wanted as a kid was to be a part of the sports world. And I figured out at a pretty young age I was never going to be good enough to play. So I found my place in it. And what I, while I have total sympathy for, or while I have total understanding that the life of a major sports superstar is demanding and complicated, that what Phil Mickelson showed you yesterday with the outpouring of love, true, genuine love, 
both on the golf course where the fans flocked around him to across the entire Twitter sphere and beyond was that lesson that I think every professional athlete should take from this experience, and that is if you show the fans you care about them, they will love you. It doesn't matter how much money you make. We think money is the dividing line. Fans don't begrudge you your money. Fans are happy to see you make your money. If you act like you appreciate it, Phil Mickelson acts every single day like he appreciates how great his life is. He appreciates the admiration and the respect of the fans, and he returns it in whatever reasonable ways he can. It doesn't keep him from being the best he can be. It doesn't interfere in his life in other ways. But he demonstrates that this admiration, this emotion, this relationship is a two-way street. And that's a lesson that I hope all sports people, all players, will take from this. Doesn't matter how much money you make. All the rest of it doesn't make any difference to us. If we're fans, we just want to know you care about us, at least a little. We know we care about you more than you care about us. But if you show us that you care about us at least a little, and that you appreciate how wonderful your life is and how much we would give anything to be a part of it, then we will love you. And so people love Phil, and they loved seeing what he did yesterday, and that was bigger than the record he set or the tournament that he won. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, as always, back in Better Than Ever tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.